this morning, it's uh, part of our, our season of breakthrough. How many people have been enjoying our season of breakthrough? Is anybody getting a breakthrough in anything? We talked about, you know, breakthrough starts in your own heart. You won't have a breakthrough out there. We're trying to change external circumstances, whereas God's after our heart. And it starts in the heart. That's where breakthrough happens. It happens in you first before it ever happens outside of you. So if you want to see a breakthrough on the outside, don't, don't pray for just favorable circumstances. Pray for more power on the inside of you because that's where everything happens. Out of the heart flow the issues of life, the Bible says. That's why it says in, in Proverbs 4, guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. So these are all on podcast. I encourage you to uh, listen to them. You can push pause on the preacher, and you can look these things up, and you can get it into you. And and that's part of uh, breakthrough is getting the Word of God into you. Has anybody ever had something on their chest, you know, something that burdened you? And, And isn't it good when you get it off your chest? Isn't it, has anybody ever been in a, uh, perhaps a discussion group or a conversation, maybe it's around a barbecue or a fire or something like that, and, you know, and the discussion is flowing and conversation is flowing and everybody's into it, and, and you think, man, I got something really good to add to this, but somebody else jumps in there first, and, and they, you know, and so they, they kind of hog the whole situation, the conversation, and, and you, you don't get to talk about or to input or to share what you wanted to share, which is way better than what Blabbermouth got to share, and you just feel ripped off. It's like, wow, you know, I, I, I didn't get that off my chest. I didn't get to share that. I got kind of cut off mid-flight, and, and then the conversation changes, and it kind of doesn't swing back around, so it would be awkward then to share what you were going to share because it's like, now, that doesn't fit anymore. Now we've changed uh, from, you know, talking about the state of origin in the great Queensland win on, Tuesday, on Wednesday night to something else. Uh, but when you got something to say, you really want to say it. And it feels bad if you can't say it or get it off your chest. And uh, I, I, I can't think of anyone more than God that has something to say. You know, people will do anything, it seems, to say something, to have a voice, if you will, in society, whether it's politics, whether it's music, whether it's in the church, whether it's in sports, on social media. People will do almost anything to have a voice. And I've uh, entitled this morning's message, The Voice. Now, This was going to be our Pentecost Sunday message, which is next week is Pentecost Sunday. But because we have Rick Shelton, and I really encourage you to get there. This guy, honestly, uh, when when, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit broke through, uh, probably back in the 90s, uh, his church was at the forefront of that. He pastored 36 years, the same church we were talking uh, yesterday. And he said, how long have you been pastoring? I said, 30 years. He goes, well done. And um, how about you? He says, well, 36 and I thought, wow, he pioneered that church, too, same as uh, what Gail and I did here. Uh, very, very rare. That's what Rick said, and I, I agree with him, uh, for anybody that pioneered something to be, you know, that long uh, on, on that same thing. And I think it's, uh, it's consistency. And so what this guy has to share, uh, I want to hear about it. And so you need to be here uh, definitely, uh, as Cody said, you know, bring a friend. Have you ever lost your voice? 
Isn't it frustrating? Uh, we had a young lady in our church, and she's still fairly young, but uh, she was a great singer, worship leader, and uh, you know, she moved out of the area. And, uh, and I remember, because she was very loud, she had a very big personality, let me just put it that way. And uh, she, she's married now, and she's living in Italy. And uh, so, you know, Italians, expressive. You know, I thought, what a perfect country for her. She will, she will rock that country. You know, those Italians aren't going to know what hit them when, uh, when Amy, you know, rocked up on the shores of, of Italy. But I remember, you know, she was very loud. And personality plus, 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 hashtag, you know, personality plus. And, and, and when she lost her voice, I don't know if any of you remember when Amy lost her voice. You know, it sounds like a movie. When Amy lost her voice. I've seen people frustrated from losing their voice, but nobody like Amy. So it's like, Amy, how you got to that? You know, expecting like this, this big, you know, and, and it's like, she couldn't really just hand languages and everything, and she couldn't sing, and uh, it was just awful watching her suffer. And I thought, uh, it's it's amazing how frustrating it can be when somebody that has a voice has something to say, loves to say a lot, loves to even encourage people, and loves to sing from uh, you know to to lead people in worship, and they don't have a voice. How sad is it when God, who has a voice and wants to be heard isn't heard. You know, God lost his voice to religion. There was a time for uh, uh, a lot of years where religion overtook the voice of God. They became the voice, as it were, but it wasn't the voice. It wasn't the voice of God. It wasn't speaking what God says, uh, uh, words of encouragement, words of comfort, words of exhortation that I'm for you and, and I love you. Religion became a voice that basically said, I'm angry at you. I hate you. I'm out to get you. And here's a bunch of things to do to try to make me happy, but you'll never succeed because I'm God. God lost his voice to religion. But he got it back. And he got it back on a day that we call Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday is next Sunday, but today's Pentecost as far as I'm concerned because it's my message and I'm preaching Pentecost today. So there you go. And next week we will have Pentecost again. So you get two Christmases as it were. Isn't that exciting? So I want you to go with me over to Acts chapter uh, 1 and verse 8. And I want to look at the actual day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is also known as the uh, Feast of Weeks uh, under the Old Covenant. The Jews celebrated that. And uh, it was a celebration of the beginning of the grain harvest and the giving of the laws of Moses 50 days after Passover, after uh, the Israelites left Egypt. It was, uh, it was also a time when they gave the law on Mount Sinai, when God gave that law to Moses on a mountain called Mount Sinai. You can read about it. It says that the whole mountain was like a giant flame. It just lit up. And, and, uh, and the noise on the mountain was incredible. And so this, this was to celebrate uh, 50 days after this event, that, that, uh, that God did something amazing, but it's a celebration. I want you to get this. It's a celebration of the grain harvest. Now, it's interesting because the followers of Jesus, that's us, are called the wheat. We're called the grain harvest. 
And so it's to celebrate people coming to Jesus Christ and following him. Now, in verse 8, it says, but this is a promise. It's Jesus talking. But you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. The word power there, it's the word dunamis, which, which is translated uh, dynamite. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. I love it. On you. Yes, you. And you, another you in there, will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, in the ends of the earth. Now, this word witness isn't somebody that just witnessed something because uh, those disciples had been with Jesus. They witnessed the miracles. They witnessed, uh, you know, the breaking of bread and the feeding of 5,000 and 3,000 and the water and to wine. They, they witnessed all these things. But, but it's not the word witness is in witness the, an event, but it's the word martyr. It's somebody that's going to be a living testimony that these things are true of the reality of God and the fact that God is real and God is a powerful God and you will receive power to do this when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witness. You will be a living testament to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hello, ends of the earth. So now God's voice is powerful, but his voice is only powerful when your voice is powerful. A lot of people have, a lot of people, let me put it this way, a lot of people are saying a lot, but there's no power in it. A lot of people talk a lot. In fact, they talk too much, but they don't really have anything to say. God's people will say what God says when God wants them to say it, and it'll be in power, and they'll shut up if God says to shut up. Now, Acts chapter uh, 2 now, I want to look at when the day of Pentecost finally comes. It says, listen to this. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, can you imagine that, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. What seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. This is a, a, an amazing event. The day of Pentecost is being fulfilled now. Again, it's to, it's to uh, celebrate the wheat harvest, the, the, the harvesting of souls because God's got something to say that he so much loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He wants a harvest of people. He wants to let people know in this world that he loves them. And then in verse 4, And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Let me hear what that sounds like right now. If you uh, are from another country and you speak another language, I want you to stand up right now and start speaking in your native tongue, in your own language, the wonderful works of God. Come on. Thank you. 
Here we got some Fiji over here. We got Swahili? That's your lover. We got some Korean over here. Oh, how good is that? Woo! Come on. All right. What do we got over here? I know you spoke a language. Grazie a Dio per la mia vita. Grazie Dio. Grazie per tutto che fai per me. Whoa! I've no idea what you said. We got some Indians from the Punjab. Punjabi language. Well, there you go. There's others, I'm sure. Did I miss one? Ah, we don't want to miss you. You guys can all be seated. How good is that? Look, I wanted them all to say it all at once, but it wouldn't have been loud enough without the microphone. But uh, wasn't that good? Now imagine that hitting the city. So there's this sound, this sound like a, a mighty rushing wind. Then there's this manifestation of flickering flames, it says, that, that look like tongues of, of fire. And they began to speak as the Spirit enabled them. And, and, and it says they were staying at Jerusalem. All these people from every nation under heaven, verse 6. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galilee? then how is it that each one of us hears them in our native tongue? It's Fiji, in case you didn't know. They've already done that one. Parthians and Medes, Elamites, Marys, Tongans, Swahili, French, Chinese, Punjab, Indians, from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, all these other places, Egypt, parts of Libya, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabic. So, oh, man, it's hard to speak Arabic, let me tell you. Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonderful works of God in our own tongue. Do you understand that? The wonderful works of God. In our own tongue. Not the condemning words of a religious ogre that wants to kill everybody. Not somebody pointing out every fault in our own tongue so that we get the point, feel bad about ourselves. The wonderful works of God in our own tongue. Isn't that good? God's got a voice. God's got a voice. Pentecost is about God having a voice back into this world. 
Now, those tongues that they spoke were in the very dialect, the dialectal of the people that, that, that stood up and spoke so that everybody that was there could hear the wonderful works of God in their own tongue, even in their own dialect. That means no matter, you know, where you're from, you might speak French, but there's different parts of France. There's, there's different parts of China. For me, it's the south part of Detroit. I, I would have heard them speaking not just English, but south, south Detroit English, the wonderful works of God in my own dialect. How good is God that God is a personal God? I love the fact that God uh, speaks English. In fact, I really like the fact that English is the international business language. Did you know that? It makes it easy for people like us that speak English. Uh, it's also the international aviation language, so everybody that's a pilot up there flying around, the control towers, they all have to learn our language. I, I think that's pretty cool. I don't know how that got swung like that, but I'm happy that that's not German or Chinese as the international language. In verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. And Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice. Don't you love it? He raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live at Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only 9 in the morning. I mean, some do get drunk at 9 in the morning, but not the majority. And it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I want you to make a note of that. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So we've got now male, female, young, and old. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. You see, God's got something to say, and he wants to say it through you. Sometimes the voice of direction. Somebody in your world could be you needs direction in life. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm between a rock and a hard place. I don't know which way to go. Well, God's got something to speak into that situation, and he wants to use you as a fellow believer. Uh, sometimes a voice of encouragement. There are so many discouraged people. Have you ever noticed that? In this world, discouragement is rampant. That's why the pharmaceuticals are absolutely making a killing, dispensing sedatives to people because they don't feel encouraged because they're not getting encouragement from anywhere. Sometimes God has a voice of protection that he wants to speak out and protect the helpless and the homeless and the youth and the young. Sometimes it's just that ever-encompassing voice of love that God wants people to know that I love you. But you see, you are God's voice in this world. That's why, and we're not going to be able to dive too deep into this, but uh, Paul ex expounds on this in 1 Corinthians 14 and verses 1 to 5. I'll just read this, but he says this. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. And then he puts this one first, especially, especially prophecy. Now, prophecy has been put in the, in the category of spooky. And the same thing with other tongues where uh, Paul says, if I speak of the tongues of men or of angels, so there's angelic tongues, but there's also the tongues of men. We heard some of those tongues just then. 
and, um, and, and so, so your voice, uh, the voice that God wants to use through you, through you, he wants to use your voice, sometimes it's just quit, gets put down into the weird category. And what a great strategy for the enemy to shut you up and to stop this off. Because God wants to have a voice into this world to proclaim his perfect law of liberty, to pro- proclaim love and, and freedom to people that have, that have been captive. And, and, and the only way that God can, can get this out is through his body. That's, that's the way that he chooses to do this is through you and I. We have to have a voice in this world. And prophecy is, is simply declaring what God says. It's God speaking through you, not in a weird way, but it's you speaking as God gives you an unction or, or, or lets you know what he wants to share through his word or through just directly through the spirit. It's speaking into the lives of the people around you, your families, your relatives, your school, your business, everywhere that you go, you have the ability to declare the wonderful works of God for people in your world and to change negative, destructive, discouraging atmosphere spheres into something like heaven so that there's power in the room that you enter. But it's your voice that God is after. Now, it's not the same as prayer. Prayer is you praying to God. Prophecy is when God is speaking through you. And again, it doesn't have to be like weird, like, oh, thus saith the Lord. And, you know, then you're going to speak in Elizabethan English, yay, verily, cough 50 times and then declare and utter something like, no, 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 no. It's just simple. It's honestly, it's whatever your dialect, whatever your language, however you talk. You could talk, you know, like a rapper. It doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever you talk, whatever age, your God wants to use your voice yeah. to be a voice in the world. And it, it doesn't come across weird. It's just God speaking encouragement and exhortation and, and comforting people through you. It's the Spirit of God speaking through you. It doesn't have to be prefaced with a yea, verily, and thus saith the Lord, and, and all of that. And it doesn't, certainly doesn't have to happen in a meeting like this. Well, it certainly can, but if, if, if the only time God ever exhorts or speaks to anybody is in an hour meeting, you know, once a week, we're in trouble. So Paul says this, follow the way of love, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Why? For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Now, that's my prayer language. Speaking in tongues is incredibly powerful. He doesn't say here, don't do it. He just says you're, you're not speaking to other people when you do that. If I speak in my tongue right now, what did I say? You got no idea unless it's interpreted. But, man, if I do that for like 10 minutes or an hour, I'm a powerhouse. Let me just tell you that because the Bible says you build yourself up on your most holy faith praying in in an unknown tongue. And so there's something that happens on the inside of a person when their heart connects with their mouth, not just with their brain. Your brain will fight you all the way on that one. Uh, but, but, But you don't speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But... The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Prophecy is not belting away at people's sins. Prophecy is not pointing out their faults. Prophecy is not discouraging people. It's encouraging people. It's comforting people. Prophecy is strengthening people. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. I love it. 
I'm Pentecostal as it gets when it comes to that. But the one who prophesies edifies the church or builds up the church. Verse 5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Now, he's drawn a distinction here between unknown tongues, your prayer language, and prophecy. I'd like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather you have prophecy. Why? The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, he's not comparing one with the other and saying this one is rubbish and this is, you know, much better. It's just the place for it and the purpose of it. You see, God is in the world and he wants the world to be edified and built up through your mouth because your breakthrough is in your mouth. I'll say it again. Your breakthrough is in your mouth. It's got to come out of your heart. You, you have a breakthrough in your heart, and you break through, and it comes out your mouth into your world. That means now that you have incredible power through the Holy Spirit to speak life into your family situation. How good is that? Uh, it means that you've got power when you're in that workplace, you know, with all of those people that are just saying whatever they want to say. You know, lunch break, smoke go, and good old Joe pulls out his lunchbox and he starts telling dirty jokes or something like that. You know, you've got the power to speak life into that workplace. You've got the power to speak life into your spouse's life. You've got the power to speak life into your financial affairs. You've got the power in your mouth, but it's got to come out of your mouth, out of your heart, where God dwells and God's Word dwells richly in your heart. You see, there's too many people that are just talking, but they don't have any power, and too many believers that don't understand the responsibility that we have as a believer. Now, uh, back in Exodus, we won't, uh, we're just going to look at one verse there, but, uh, you know, Moses, he has an encounter with God at a burning bush, and and, uh, God says, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground, and and then God shows Moses what you're going to do. You're going to go to Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh, the, the dictator, the one that just kills whoever he looks at, that he feels like. He's like the Kim Il-Yung or whatever of, you know, Egypt. He's the, he's the ruthless dictator, you know, that dude. You're going to go to him. You're going to say, let my people go. And Moses is like, but, uh, you know, I, I can't say that. I'm not eloquent of speech. Okay, great. Get your brother Aaron. And you, you tell Aaron then, you know, you coward. You, you tell Aaron, and Aaron's going to say it. But we're going to get in the face of Pharaoh because I've got a voice for the nation and I want my people to be free. God's saying the same thing today. Make no mistake about it. And then in Exodus 7, and I just want to read a couple of scriptures. Exodus 7, verses 1 and 2. Listen to what God says. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. And your brother Aaron will be your prophet. And you are to say everything I command you, and your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. Wow. I have made you like God to Pharaoh. Pharaoh thinks he's a god. Pharaoh, Ra is the sun god. It's the the worship of of the sun, and they think that he's the incarnation uh, of the god of the sun, Pharaoh. And, And God says, no, 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 no. 
I'm making you like God to him. When you speak out my word, when I can use your voice, when I can use you as a, as a, a mouthpiece for my word to declare things, you become like God to that situation. You're not God Almighty, I get that, but God Almighty wants to use you. Will you be mighty and open your mouth and declare what God has to say into your world? When you do, you become like God over that situation. The devil's not the, he's called the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, but let's get on the airways, church, and let's start to proclaim God's word with power. That's what Pentecost was all about. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses, living witnesses, mouthpieces into your world to proclaim with power, not just a bunch of fluffy words, but to cut through the atmosphere of darkness and death and despair. Even in this nation, you will receive power. That's what Pentecost is all about. It's not just I got filled with tongues and, you know, speaking in tongues. That's, that's what that gives you power. I'm going to close with this in Romans chapter 10. We'll just read a few scriptures here and then we'll close. See, you are to say everything I command you, he said to Moses. Romans 10, I think this will make more sense to you now. Verse 6, but the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down. We're not trying to get Jesus Christ to come back down to planet Earth and take care of the business that he said his body is supposed to take care of, and that's you and me. We're not trying to go up to heaven and say, Jesus, you know, we're in trouble down here. Get down here and do something. You know, he's already done it. That is to bring Christ down, verse 7. Or who will ascend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. People are trying to get Jesus to come back. He came. He did what he needed to do. And now he's seated. You understand seated? It's a position of rest. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But he said, it's better for you if I go away, because if I don't go away, I'm not going to send the comforter, the helper, the teacher, the Holy Spirit. But when I do, he will come and he'll guide you into all truth. He's going to fill you with my thoughts. He's going to want to use your voice to proclaim things into this world. And then it says here in verse 8, what does it say? The word is near you. I want to love this bit. I got it in bold. It is in your mouth. And in your heart, do you understand the heart-mouth connection? Not somebody else's. God's not going to speak again from a mountain and shake the place. It is in your mouth and your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That's not just a one-up prayer to, to get saved, but it's declaring Jesus is Lord over this situation, whatever this situation is. I declare the Lordship over that situation. If it's not lined up with heaven, then it has to bow its knees here on earth. So I'm not going to accept negativity and despair and gossip and whinging and complaining. No, that's not the vocabulary of faith. It has to line up with heaven and the Word of God and I declare that it comes out of my mouth and it has power. 
If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, in other words, he's alive. You don't serve a dead Jesus. He's no good. You will be safe. Safe from what? Safe from everything that's coming against you, that's trying to destroy your life. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And then verse 14 and 15 will close. How then can I, how then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? In other words, if you keep your mouth shut and don't say anything, how, how can anybody believe in God? The devil wants to shut you up. He just wants to silence you, silence of the lambs. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Good news. Good news. Oh, yeah. God has a voice. He is the voice, and he wants that voice to speak through you and through me. Do you get that? Do you understand that? And so God wants to prophesy into people in your world. He wants to use you to do it. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.